Welcome to Getting Real About Baxter, the podcast where I talk to several experts about the various lakes, streams, and ponds in Baxter State Park and the fish that live in them. I'm your host, Sylvia Hart with Friends of Baxter State Park, and in today's episode, I talk to retired park ranger Dean Lavasser, who worked in Baxter for 17 years, about the ponds he fished and his experience with the guests that fished them as well. Can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Yes, uh, I grew up in Millinocket and went to Stearns High School. Mm-hmm. I graduated and went right to work for Great Northern Paper. I worked there until 2002 when the mill went bankrupt. I went to school for two years for welding and then I got hired for the summer job in the park. And I worked there 17 years. Wow. Yep. I'm married, got two kids, four grandchildren. And my favorite place to fish is Nasada Hunk Lake. Awesome. So when did you know that you wanted to work in Baxter State Park? I actually applied for a job there in 1973 before I went in the mill. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I didn't get hired. Uh, But I've always had an interest in working in the park. I use the park a lot fished all my life in there, you know. My family used it a lot. When I was a kid, uh, we used to go into Roaring Brook for picnics and a few other places up there. When I was six years old, I met Governor Baxter. Wow. Yeah, and I don't remember. I remember an old guy with a fedora hat, and he was talking to my dad. And he had come in, we were having a, a barbecue at Rumbrook, and he had come into the park just to visit or whatever. And he stopped, talked to my dad, asked him how he liked the park, does he use it a lot, and, you know, and, and we did. We went every Sunday, you know. Yeah. And then just before he died, I believe it was 1969, he came to the park. They were making a new entrance mm-hmm. that went through Toad Pond. The old entrance went from Abol Bridge. Yes. And I think I was 10 years old. How old was I then? 69. I don't know. I was 8 or 10 anyways, and I met him again. We, I, I seen him again. I can't say I met him because I never talked to him, you yeah. know. But, you know, and it was a long time before I realized who he was. Yeah. You know. But he spotted my dad, and he stopped and talked again. Wow, that so, is so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a, a very gracious man, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his interest in the park is just, it never stopped. He always wanted to know, you know. Yeah. How do you, you know, do you do anything? Do you climb the mountain? Do you see any wildlife? You know, you always ask all them questions, you know. And that's, that's really awesome. Yeah. 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 Um, what was your favorite part about working in there? The people. Yeah. Yeah, the people. You meet so many nice people. I've made so many good friends over the years up there. Mm-hmm. You know, we go to their houses a lot now in southern Maine, spend time with them. We go fishing with them, you know. And yeah. In fact, we're going to a wedding from a young girl I met when she was about six years old. Oh they got cool. Yeah, they come every year, real good friends with her parents now. And so she's getting married August 14th, so. Wow. Yeah. That's so cool. It is. Do you, do you remember, like, 
Like, it must be so cool meeting people from really far away, like from different countries yes. that come here and are just like blown away by the wildlife and stuff. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've met a lot of people from, well, I've made friends with people from Poland. They wow. come every year. They live in Boston now, mm -hmm. but they're still very hard to understand, but they're <laughs> very nice people. And uh, I met a girl from Zimbabwe, Africa, wow. who made a reservation from there. And she was a nice young lady. Yeah. Uh, I've met all kinds of, of different people. That's so, yeah. so yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah. I met, and I'm good friends now, with a gentleman that is now the lead counsel for the Department of Labor in Washington, D.C. What? That is, that is incredible. Is, yes. And what a great guy. You'd yeah. never know. You'd think he was just like myself, you know. Yeah, that is and I got to know his whole family and I see him every year and so I'm anxious for them to come this year because they didn't come last year because of COVID mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure they'll be back this year wow so um so what is the most memorable thing that happened to you while you were in the park wow there's so many of them <laughs> you can tell me all <laughs> I guess the most was Right after I got hired, I was working on the gate. I had just started. Mm -hmm. And these two young fellas come in, and they were going to hike the Appalachian Trail. And they had a little package, something all bundled up in there, and they said, we found a jawbone. So I says, okay. So I, they opened it up, and I says, oh, that's probably a bear's jawbone because... They look a lot like a human. They had one side, yeah. you know, and I said, that's probably a bear or something, you know, or a coyote or something. And he says, well, if it is, he's got a real good dentist. And we looked at it and it was fillings in the teeth. Wow. So I called my supervisor and to have him come down. And so I asked the guys, where did you find this? Well, they had come into the park the night before too late to get in. Mm -hmm. So they just went down the road a ways uh, in a gravel pit that they call Caribou Pit. Yeah. And they went into the back of the pit and slept up there for yeah. the night. And when they were walking out, that was in the middle of the road, the dirt road. So they picked it up and brought it. And apparently what happened, there was a gentleman the year before that did the same thing. He got too late to get in the park, so he walked down and he built a little camp just inside the woods. Yep. And died of natural causes, I guess. Because he was still in the sleeping bag, most of the bones and stuff. Wow. But they went in and found his encampment, and the tent was all down on top of him and everything. So huh. but they found out that he was kind of a recluse anyways. They never knew where he was going to be or for how long, so his family didn't miss him. Yeah. Even though it had been a year. Yeah. But So that was pretty hard to forget. Yeah. You know? And... Uh, a lot of the rescues, you know, you can't, it, some are really hard to deal with. Some oh, are, sure. yeah. you know, fatalities that were, you know, I don't care how strong you think you are or how well trained you are, your emotions are going to get to you, mm. you know, because we're just ordinary people. Yeah. You know, we take a lot of training, medical training and things like that that help us out in the field, but we're not accustomed to seeing things no. like that, you know, and... 
when you fix somebody's leg because it's twisted off to the side, it's you're trained to do that. But when it comes time to do it, you're wondering if I don't know if I should do this oh, or not, yeah. you know. But then when you do it and it worked exactly like they said it would, yeah, makes sure you feel pretty good, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, there's a lot of a lot of different memories that it's hard to pinpoint. Yeah, you know. I'm sure. But, I mean. It's yeah. a crazy place in there. <laughs> it is. It is, you know. Um, what was your experience with different guest fishing and maybe questions they might have had or, you know, things like that? Well, most people would come in and ask, first of all, what's the best pond to fish? Yeah. And secondly, what would you use mm -hmm. to learn? At Kidney Pond, everything is fly fishing. Yes. So... I tie flies myself, mm -hmm. for myself, and I would end up giving 100 flies away a summer. Wow. Because people would come in and they'd have flies that just didn't look like they'd work, you know, and I'd tell them, that's not going to work here, you know. So I'd give them a few flies, you know. And when they come in with a big smile on their face saying they caught fish on that fly, that's well worth it, yeah. you know. And I never took the flies back. You keep the flies, mm -hmm. you know, and if you learn how to tie sometime, Maybe we can get together again and help you out, yeah. you know. So uh, I don't hold any secrets when it comes to fishing. I'll tell you where I fish. I'll tell you what I use. I'll tell you exactly where I fish because my experience with fishing is if you're going to catch fish, you're going to catch fish. Yeah. And if they catch a few fish, it's not going to hurt the fishing any. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, I enjoy seeing other people catch fish. I, I, I totally agree. I love seeing people enjoy yeah, themselves. Me yeah, me too. And, you know, Kidney Pond, before they changed the limit back to five fish, you were catching six, seven, eight-inch fish. Now they're up to 10, 12, 14. Holy hell. Because they've taken enough out to give those fish more feed yeah. so they can, they're able to grow more. Um, so what was your best catch that you remember in the park? Maybe the whole story that you're like a really good fishing story or something, you know. Uh, the best, the most memorable day fishing in the park was a place called Lily Pad Pond. I was just there yesterday. You was good. Uh, yeah. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is. So you must have got the key from my wife. Oh, no. Or no, Dave. There was, there was a different, yeah, there was a male ranger. Dave, working. okay. Yeah. All right, my wife works at Daisy. I thought you might have got from there. Oh, no. But anyways, it was in May, early May, mm -hmm. because four of us would go in and fish for a week, and we actually wasn't working in the park at the time. We were volunteering. Yep. So, but the most memorable day fishing was probably that day because we got down in a lily pad, and it started to snow. And snow? it was snow. And... I could hardly see the guy in the front of the canoe. It was snowing so hard. Wow. And you couldn't keep the fish off the hook. No way. Every cast we made, we were catching fish. Wow. And the lily pads noted for eight, nine inch fish. Yeah. If you catch a 10, 10 inch, that's a big one. Yeah. So even though they were small, mm -hmm. we had a ball. Oh, we just, they, yeah. You know, I wish I could have had a video camera to film that because it was... It was just awesome. Yeah. What time of yeah. the year was this? It was first first week of May, I think. Oh, my God. 
done and it's yeah. wow, that's and so cool. It snowed for four or five hours anyways. And then wow. it quit and cleared up. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing we were frozen up. We weren't dressed for that kind of weather, <laughs> no. but that was probably the most memorable day fishing in the yeah. in the park, you know. And that was before I got hired, but just shortly before. Yeah. Yeah. That is. So, that is really. Cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess that would be one of your favorite fishing stories then. Yeah. Um, what are some of the best places to fish that you went to, and maybe some of some flies you could recommend, or some lures, or something? I fished mostly around uh, Kidney Pond. Mm -hmm. Jackson is, I love Jackson Pond because it's, it's, it's kind of funny how the fish act in there because you could fish for two hours, not get a bite. Yeah. And then they'll turn on, you catch fish one right after another and they'll shut off again, you're not gonna get a fish. Huh. And it's, you just never know when that's gonna happen. So you gotta stay with it, mm -hmm. you know? I love Jackson Pond. It's a beautiful hike up there, you know. Uh, Celia Pond, I have one good day in all the years I worked there. And I think me and my buddy caught 35 fish between us. Wow. All too small to keep. Yeah. So we had to return them all. Yeah. Uh, but that's not one of my favorite ponds. Mm -hmm. Rocky and Little Rocky mm -hmm. are two good ponds. They're beautiful in there. The fish is good. If you get it right, you get some good fish in there. Kidney, early spring, it's good fishing. Once June gets here, it's on and off. Yeah. Uh, Draper, I like Draper. Mm -hmm. Draper's a hard place to catch a fish out of because really? it's water's clear and those fish are spooky. So they're down deep, you gotta fish the bottom and it's hard. They, they don't bite real often in there, but they're putting more fish in there now than they did. So they're not as big as they always were yeah. and they're easier to catch now. So, uh, it used to be a two fish limit, only one over 14. Mm -hmm. Now it's, it was two fish limit between 10 and 12, I think. Now they changed it to two fish between six and 14. Only one can be over 14. So that's the law that they changed to. Uh, what's a, a lost pond's a nice little pond and Foss Norton are good fishing ponds. Yeah. They're getting a lot of fish right now out of there. Mm -hmm. So, Daisy Pond, I don't know what happened to Daisy, but it's, uh, I think my theory is the fish are too big in there. Yeah. They let them get too big, they're bottom feeders now, and they're hard to catch. Yeah. You know, but the Drake Hatch in the whole park and Sodahunk is practically non-existent. I don't know what's going on with that, but they're just not hatching like they used to, mm -hmm. you know. So that's got a big thing to do with fishing too. So in yeah. fact, there's, I'm going to call the University of Maine and see if I can talk to somebody that can tell me about this Drake catch. They can help figure out why we're losing it. Yeah. So because that's usually one of the highlights of the whole summer is the Drake catch. When yeah. they start hatching, everybody's fishing. Oh, that's so cool. You know, but it's just it's just not happening anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, so. That would be very interesting to find out why. Yeah, well there was a guy from the University of Maine a few years ago that come up and asked about the Drake Catch. He was doing a study on it. Uh -huh. And I never got any word back from him, you know, how he made out with that study, you know, because I don't know how he could study it. But these people, you know, these that study bugs and stuff, they're pretty smart. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd love to talk to him, mm 
-hmm. So I don't know if he's still around or not. But yeah. I know he was a professor at the University of Maine. Hmm. So. Um, I went to Grassy Pond last year. Um, and that was like, that was one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in the park. I mean, the view, the lake, what is the fishing like there? It's unbelievable, but it's all small fish. Yeah. I used to haunt that place. Oh, I used to go in there every night. Wow. I loved it in there. Yeah. Because you always caught fish. Yeah. That, you know, that again, eight, nine inches long, mm -hmm. 10 inch would be a big one. Yep. And that's a palm where they could put a 10 fish limit on it. It wouldn't hurt it a bit. Wow. You know, I mean, you can use worms in there, mm -hmm. general fishing, but I always fly fish. Yeah. But I used to go in there and just, just fish and release, fish and release. I loved it in there. It's yeah. a great place to fish. Yeah. It's a good place to bring young people mm -hmm. so they can learn, oh. especially if they want to fly fish. Okay. You know, because they're going to get a lot of action. Yeah. Yeah, not not a discouraging place. Right. Yeah. Right. That's good. Um, how often do you go into the park now? I usually go in at least a couple days a week. Yeah. Because uh, my wife works in there, and I go in to stay with her when she's working. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't fished a lot in the park this year. I did earlier, but uh, yeah, I usually go in at least two days with her. This week, I'm going to be in all week with her. Oh, that's nice. So yeah. 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 Um, do you want to tell me the, the story you were just telling me? For reference to this section, I'm asking Dean if he'll recall a story he told me off of recording where he explained where he got two beautiful pieces of artwork from two of MDIF and W's commissioners and why he got them. Sure. Okay. Uh, that all started, I was sitting in the office at Kidney Pond, mm -hmm. and he came into the office because he was a member of the authority, yep. Baxter Park. And he introduced himself. I knew who he was anyways. And uh, he asked me if I could help him with some questions about fishing in the park and how I thought things were going. So I told him, you know, that, yeah, I'll... I'll sit and talk with her. I says, but I'm very candid. I'm going to say what I think. You know, you may not like what I've got to say. He said, well, that's what I want. I just want to have a nice, honest conversation, mm -hmm. you know, and you say what you feel and, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. So that's fine. So I told him that what their, his department's doing, the Fish and Wildlife Department, number one, you need to talk with your own biologist. Because from what I'm hearing from biologists, they don't feel like they're being listened to. Yeah. And these are the people that know. These are the people that are in the field. They're studying these ponds. They're surveying these ponds. Mm -hmm. And you need to listen to them. And, yeah, he says, well, we're, we're having meetings and stuff. And I said, well, that's good because they're very intelligent people and they know their job and they should be listened to. And I says, and apparently not much has happened in the last few years you've changed a lot of regulations that are not helping you're hurting the fishing you're hurting the fish populations well how do you mean and I said when I was a kid there were seven of us and when my father took us fishing there were seven people fishing or four people at time or two people mm -hmm. but there was always four or five of us gone fishing yep. we always kept our limit and we always ate them when we got home. Now, 
the biggest families in Maine are two people. Yeah. Two kids, maybe three at the most, four. But the families are a lot smaller now than they were back when I grew up. Mm -hmm. Every house on this street had six, seven, or eight kids, ten kids. You know, my wife is one of ten. Yeah. You know, so when you take them all fishing and they all catch fish, they're pulling fish out of these ponds. Mm -hmm. But when you lose the size of the family, and most people, especially Baxter Park, don't come to fish. They come to climb the mountain. Yeah. That's the big draw to Baxter. So you don't have anybody fishing anymore. And the people that do come from away, and if they do fish, they don't keep fish because they don't know what they're going to do with them. Mm -hmm. You know, so they're putting them back. So your biggest problem is, is you're not depleting the population of the fish. The population keeps growing and the fish keep getting smaller mm -hmm. because it's no different than a dinner table. There's only so much food on it. And if you got enough for two people and there's six people sitting down, somebody's going to go hungry. They're not going to gain weight. Yeah. It's the same with a fish. Mm -hmm. If you're depleting the food source, then the fish is just going to stay small. And he he listened to that. And, you know, he was very attentive, you know. And he says, well, that does make sense. And I says, well, I'll do the survey for you on one of the ponds, and I'll show you how many people are fishing. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was surprised myself. Because I did that survey, there was 96 people that fished that summer in that Jackson Pond. Yeah. And out of 96 people, there was only 72 that kept fish. Uh, that fish. Mm -hmm. The others just went up to paddle in that. Out of them 72, only 18 kept fish. And out of those 18, only nine kept two. Wow. So you, how many fish did they take out? Yeah. It's not enough to make a difference in the population of that pond. Yeah. So... When I read him that survey, I read it at a public hearing. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of people around that heard, you know, so I don't know if that helped my cause or not. Yeah. But anyways, for four years, we talked back and forth a lot. We talked on the phone. He came into my office a lot, asked about the fishing, how many people, and, you know. And I think he figured out what I was saying. I was being honest and truthful, and I wasn't trying to exaggerate. You know, because a lot of people will get on to him and they'll exaggerate just to get their way. You know, they figured if they ask for an inch, they can get a mile or yep. whatever, you know. Or ask for a mile, they'll get an inch. Mm -hmm. Anyways, you know, we had a lot of good conversations and the biologist called me one night. Uh, and who was this biologist? The, the biologist's name was Nels Kramer. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he's retired now. Yep. But he called me up one night. And he said, I think I'm going to get fired. And I said, why? He said, Chandler wants to see me in his office at 8 o'clock in the morning. He says, he's never asked me to do that before. He says, I, I think he's going to fire me. I said, for what? Well, you know, we've been hitting on him about changing these rules and law, you know, regulation. He says, I don't know. I don't know. I says, well, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I don't yeah. think he's going to fire you. Yeah. He said, well, I don't think this is going to be good. He said, I just wanted to let you know. He said, I said, okay. So he called me the next day, and he was like a little kid. He was just all giggling and everything, you know. Mm -hmm. He says, he's going to change the limits for us. He's going to give us five fish, you know. It's, it's, you know all we got to do is give him a slot limit. He said, if we give him a slot limit, he'll change it. And I said, beautiful. What do you want? What do you think we should do? And it, he said, oh, well, give him a five fish with one over 14. So yeah. I said, well, Good. Sounds good. 
So I think the next time I see Nels, he can come into my office mm -hmm. with that print. Yeah. From Chandler with a letter thanking us for all the work that we did. That is awesome. With the fish and, and stuff. So that was pretty awesome, you yeah. know. And I got, I, I really liked Chandler. I thought he was doing a great job. He was going in the direction he needed to go. Yep. And uh, I think Judo, Judy Camuso doing the same thing. Yeah. I, I think she's doing a great job, you know. Uh, so I hope that keeps up. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're showing a, an interest in the public. Yes. You know, they're having public hearings all the time now, and, and uh, they're listening to the public. Mm -hmm. So awesome. I, I think you need to listen to the people that that are doing the hunting and fishing and yes. you know and you need to listen to those people because they're seeing what needs to be fixed or what's happening you know mm -hmm. and uh and i think they're doing it yeah i think they are yeah so so um what do you miss the most about your job the people yeah yeah i i i missed a lot of the freedom that we had up there because nobody really bothered you. If you needed something fixed, you fixed it. Yeah. You know, and if they noticed once in a while, they come in and give you a pat on the back. But mm -hmm. most of the time they weren't there to notice. But <laughs> but they never hounded you about, why'd you do that? You didn't get permission to do it, you know. Yeah. yeah. And everything worked out good. We kept the cabins up good. We worked on stuff all the time. I missed that. Yeah. That part of it, you know. And, uh, but the people, you know, I go in as much as I can just to hope to see if I catch them, you know, so, mm -hmm. but yeah, you make good friends and I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so lastly, what would you recommend to students who are looking to work in the outdoors? As far as, as just general advice about it. I mean, maybe what they what to expect or you know anything the the it's great working outdoors you can't beat it you're in the fresh air you know yeah. you're in like in baxter park certain parts of your job like you climb a lot mm -hmm. they want you to hike a lot mm -hmm. they want you to learn the park they want you to learn the flora and the fauna yeah uh if you like being outdoors that's that's the good thing yeah you know when you if you get a job with Baxter Park in a campground, you're not going to have much time to fish. Mm -hmm. The only time you're going to fish is on days off because you work from 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Holy cow. Yeah. So some jobs you get out at 8.30, yeah. but most of them are 7 to 9. And the gate, if you work that, which I wouldn't recommend anybody for that job, that's a busy, busy job. I know. Imagine. And the bugs in the spring are horrid. Oh yeah, it's they're unbelievable up there because yeah. it sets right between two bogs. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> so I wouldn't recommend anybody wanting to work there, but uh, a campground job I think is the best job in there. Mm -hmm. You know, and like I say, you get to, to roam your campground, you get to do what you see needs done. Yeah. And the last few years, it kind of taking a lot of that work away from the rangers yeah you know and that's that's going on across the country yeah you know uh 
there was a, a podcast out about rangers and it was called the myth of the well-rounded ranger mm -hmm. i don't know if you heard it but this guy was talking about the rangers and how they shouldn't be doing work they shouldn't be it should be all contracted out you know basically is what he was saying yeah the rangers should be behind the desk and that's all they should be doing well you know that's not the way baxter park was made We've always done our own maintenance, our own painting, fixing windows, yeah. building stairs, you know. Yeah. Well, now that's kind of gone to the wayside. Mm -hmm. They want contractors in there to do it or whatever. Yeah. So that's changed, you know, since I started. But, but it's just the way it's going across the country. You know, yeah. it's not just Baxter Park. It's, it's the new generation. Yeah. You know, they if it's not electronic, they don't know. Anything, <laughs> yeah. you know, because that's that's how they grew up. Yeah. Know? So that's that's one part I don't miss. I, I wish they would just left things the way it was, mm -hmm. but things change, so yeah. much you can do about it. Yeah. But, Is there anything you'd like to say in closing? If somebody wants to work in the park, I would encourage them to. Yeah. It's a great place to work, but the only thing they need to make. They need to know that it's probably going to be seasonal. Yeah. It's very, very difficult to get a year-round job in there. Mm -hmm. And so if they're planning on working in the park for any time at all, they should try and see if they can get something for the winter that's going to last. Yeah. You know, because that, that was the most difficult part for me was every fall when I get laid off in the park, I'd have to go find a job. Yes. And it's wintertime's not the best time to be looking for work. No. You know, so I know a lot of people up here go to Sugarloaf yeah. or other ski resorts and they work yeah, down there. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> right. So, you know, and there's other sporting camps that are open all winter yep. that you could probably get jobs in that too. But that's the only uh, discouraging part Yes. is being laid off in the fall. Yeah. So if they want to work in the park and make a career of it, like I did, yeah. you got to find other places to work in the winter because mm -hmm. it's pretty discouraging when you work all you look all winter for work and can't find it. Yeah, and you're only allowed a certain amount of unemployment, mm -hmm. which we used to get it all winter when I started, and then that stopped when they got the new director. And now you can only get it for the amount of weeks that you work outside your designated season. So our designated season starts June 1st till the end of September. So anything outside of that, if we work till November, we can collect for those weeks we worked outside. Mm -hmm. So it was nine weeks for me, which didn't even really uh, help, yeah. I should say, because it's just not long enough to yeah. really. So it gave me time, I guess, to find other jobs. Mm -hmm. But that's the only thing I did, you know. I'd like to see a lot of young people get hired and stay. Yeah. It's good benefits. Yeah. They get pension plans and everything, but it's very hard for them to, to stay. Yeah. But. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it. For this episode, I'd like to thank Friends of Baxter State Park, Millinocket Memorial Library, and Dean Lavasser for your time and patience. Thank you.